0: Uh, Good evening. Welcome to Acton Mill. In fact, I should rephrase that. If it's Friday morning and you're on the district line, then good morning. Uh, I hope you have a great Friday. (laughs) You're looking forward to the weekend. My name's Aaron Paul. I am the host of Acton Mill, the number one Millwall podcast out there, the real Millwall fan show. Uh, Joining me this evening, the Daddy O. The poor Hollywood lookalike—he's <laughs> probably been put a lot for Christmas at the moment. It's, uh, it's Nick
1: Hart, but... <laughs> Oh ho ho! How are you, little boy? Was <laughs> like a present. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I, no. I did. I did do a, a Santa Claus routine at a place I used to work at. They did the Father Christmas um, for the kids on the estate, and they wanted a, um, uh, a kind of middle-aged white guy um, to play Father Christmas. And guess who they picked? Aaron. You. Me. <laughs> I did it
0: quite well. Well, it was a choice of you or Jimmy Savile, and he's not around. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he was already
0: booked
1: up. True,
0: booked, was booked. How long have you had a beard for, Nick?
1: Uh, oh, Bernie, um, we're on and off for about 10, that ten, fifteen years or so, I suppose. Now, something, something like that.
0: You're a good candidate. You know, it's it's,
1: it's <laughs> yeah. what for for Paul Hollywood or for Jimmy Savile. Uh for Father, <laughs> Christmas. Father Christmas. Uh
0: joining us this evening as well is our very own Dale Winton, our Supermarket Suprema. Taken over by that um that Ryland fella, innit? Supermarket Suite. I've
1: seen yeah.
0: it crap, you can't beat the old Dale Winton on Supermarket Suite. Uh young Mickey Avery, you're up, right, pal.
2: Remember when you go shopping and you hear the sound of the beep, think of the fun you'll have in the Mill Club shop. Ho 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 uh, of
0: course we're looking back at uh, a couple of games from it all firstly the win away at swansea city and the uh, the 2-2 at the den on tuesday night first let's uh, look back at what was a uh, a romantic weekend for a, a certain yeah. mr hart who took mrs hart up to uh, up to south wales and um I mean,
1: how was the voyage down the m4 how, you know was it was it like the love boat it was yeah, it was being fed grapes and and you know kind of sweet nectar en route and you know the, the music music of love was in the air it was it was, it was very pleasant actually as we yeah phoning <laughs> daddy cool yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a nice weekend um we, I, I know I had to show a lady a good time you know so it's your hotel Ibis in on, on the Swansea Retail Park and um Mrs Mrs Hart watched the, watched the movie in the afternoon whilst I nipped round to watch the lions demolish Swansea. I thought it was a really strong away performance. Um, Funny
0: funny place to go, isn't it, Swansea? Because you know what, I I think a lot of people talk about identity and I think I was quaffed at for for using that word identity a, a few weeks ago. But the word identity is so funny in football because if you look at Swansea, they went up to the Premier League playing this amazing brand of football then they they got sort of um they, they got sort of submerged within the hysteria of you know said premier league and, and and they lost their identity by playing crap football dull monotone stuff and and ended up you know going out the trap door by you know they they, they had one season in the europa league and, and they got all billy big bollocks so yeah. they've got a, a coach in there cooper who is trying to play that sort of one touch football against a side like millwall
1: where maybe you might get out of championship yeah, it was. It, it's a it's a strange place, Swansea. I mean, it's, it reminded me a little bit of um, what Reading have done, which was leave behind their their kind of historic home in in town. Reading's a uh, you know it's it has a it's a uh, an old school in uh, kind of semi-industrial uh, town. Swansea has a a personality in the same way. At the docks, it's uh, South Wales. It's got real personality, and they've moved to well, for a while now the liberty stadium which is a kind of a personality free zone it's it, it's it's a nice enough stadium and there's actually nothing wrong with it but it has no kind of um you know unique selling point it's it's slightly out of town it's um it's a bit like the majeski i mean there's nothing wrong with a majeski stadium but it just has nothing to excite the to get, get the pulses racing And and swansea have done this too and i think they've you know, obviously, you can't stay locked in the past, but they have lost something of their 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 identity. Um, now they play this passing brand of football, and all well and good. That's that's the uh, that's the way it is now. But I just think Gary Rowett. You know, any any Millwall fans wondering how what the caliber of the manager is that we've acquired right after after the Neil Harris era, I thought he really showed his his mettle there because that was a lineup designed to nullify that. That passing, start, and did it did it very, very well. I mean, they had their moments, Swansea, a couple of chances, which you would expect them to have. But overall, we were really strong. It was a really strong defensive performance. And we took the chance when it came via Jeb Boris. Probably could have had a, a late goal too, um, and a penalty shout. So, you know, if anyone was wondering, I think we, we saw what, what Gary Rowe is capable of there. Really, it was, it was a really impressive performance in my books. Mickey Avery, your thoughts on that one?
2: Um, in truth, I'll be honest with you, I, I would have beat your hand off for a nil-nil. You know, Swan, Swansea are up there, they're doing well. You know, I know there was thoughts this season or at the beginning of the season that, you know, they may not sort of be pushing all up there. And there's a few Swansea fans who say that they're overachieving at the moment and, you know, they'll just keep taking these wins like game by game. But, you know, to go away as well, where at the moment we're not very good at doing... Uh, getting a 1-0 where we do seem the better side. I mean, possession-wise, stats, they, they had the ball a lot more than we did. But we obviously did that bit more with it when it counted. But, yeah, great result. Fantastic result.
1: I mean, Bart, Bart made some decent saves. I think we've got to say that. It wasn't one-way traffic by any stretch of the imagination um and i think rowe said in these after match interviews that uh, swansea are a decent side and yes they are a decent side and they play a style of football that um you know on its day can 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 do very well for them but Bielkowski is a real find for the season because he, he makes these critical saves. we saw it again last uh it, a couple of nights ago against wigan but certainly at swansea there are there a couple of saves he made that really kept us in the game at, at certain points so the the value of a great goalkeeper is, is is also there to be to be seen because he really did keep us in the in a match that you know if we'd have got a goal behind we might have struggled.
0: in. He's proven to be a, mm. a class acquisition, isn't he? I, I think everyone's sort of looking around the corner at January, hoping you know nothing happens in terms of a, a, a club coming in, um, yeah. a bit a cash. And I mean, you, you look in the Championship, there are a few clubs that could do with a half decent keeper, but um, you know he's certainly up there this season when it comes to, to, to Millwall and their star performance as is Jed Wallace another uh, trademark bit of quality from him he's he's, he's, he's really pulling it out isn't
1: he? Absolutely is he's, he's on fire you, I mean I, I, I thought um, at Swansea he's got this free ranging role now and go anywhere and you know wherever the action is you'll find Jed in, in amongst it um, and he's really responded to that I think he's, he's, a, he's a player transformed because he's always been good but he's really come into his own I think um Rowett described him as having superstar qualities, which um, I kind of agree with. What do you think, Michael? I think I think he's he's, he's really on fire at the moment.
2: I um, I remember saying a couple of years ago in the uh, sort of famous season where we finished eighth, when everyone was singing George Savile's praises and deservedly so, but uh, that I thought Jed Wallace actually was the better out of the two. Um, when it, and hindsight being a wonderful thing, and I'm not pretending to be sort of the the fountain of all Millwall knowledge, but he, he has gone on and improved it. He's he's being consistent as well. It's it's not as if he's like the flash in the pan. This will be this is his third season now, sort of full season in the championship where he is the star man. And regardless to who we're playing, he always keeps that um, energy up. He always keeps that determination up. He always keeps that fire and belief. And you know we're see we're seeing bits of his game now. Whereas the last couple of years ago, you know he, he he had all this determination as I was saying and all this all this drive. But now we're actually seeing him. You know going down that touchline and sort of doing that little nice little turn back to be a fullback, which maybe we didn't see a couple of years ago. His game's definitely evolving. He's getting so, so much better. And he, I know everyone's been saying about Bradshaw with his goals and, you know, Matt Smith, I know he's a little bit of a decisive character, if you will, but he's actually been finding the back of the net as well. But Jed Wallace is, again, just proving, and it could be a slight curse, that if he's not on form, that's when we would struggle, you know, on form. And... A uh, good Jed Wallace ma- definitely makes Mill tick. He's just a great player for us. Great, great player. Are,
1: are we inorganic? Think... Yeah, no, uh, it's just interesting. I mean, I think the, the the problem with Jed so far, until probably this season, is that he's he's been pretty much Mill's sole creative outlet. I mean, there's, there's not really been anyone else that you'd, you'd put in the same category as Jed Wallace. Uh, whereas this season, he does have some support. I mean, uh, uh, Bud Varson started at, in Wales at Swansea and. He's a very creative player. He's got touch. He's he's got movement, and you know we we had um, Conor Mahoney in the side on on um, on Saturday as well. These are players that you can see, you know, and and, and on on Saturday as well. These are players that could, have got um, a higher level of quality about them. I just think he's really responded to that. I suppose it's you know it's common sense. If You put decent players in the team, it's going to bring the best out of the the ones that you do have that are already at that level, and that's that's what we're seeing. Are,
2: are we? Are also, as well. I was gonna, just just on that point sorry sorry it's just he he looks like he's enjoying his football as well and he's enjoying yeah. being at Millwall you know that's Absolutely. another point are, are we you know a few weeks
0: ago when obviously Garrett took over and we, we saw that first game you know I think the 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 phrase we used the shackles
1: have come off are we are we looking at that with Joe Wallace now that the shackles have actually come off yeah, well, he's given this free role. I mean, you know, there aren't many players in the game at any level, and you know, from the highest to the lowest, where you can give them a pretty much free hand to to go anywhere where the the, the play takes them, and that's pretty much the, you know, I was watching last uh, the other night, not last night, it's the night before. Um, you know, at one point he's on the left, he's on the right, he's in the centre. Um, but he's got the ability and touch and the and the football imagination and brain to do that, and that's a rare quality. I, I, you know, I know we're talking about Bielkowski in in January, and that whatever deal can be done has been done. We'll wait to see. I, I think we also have to be a little bit worried about Jed Wallace because other clubs will see what he's doing and will see what he's been capable of in a team that's that's improved quality-wise. I mean, and we have improved and. You know, I think you've got to take it out to some of the signings that Neil Harris made. Although he didn't produce the the blend on field, but he certainly put the elements in place that Rowett is now exploiting. Because I think we are seeing a better quality of Millwall player this season, very much so. Yeah, uh, let's move on, chaps,
0: to, to the game at the Den. And I'm going to look at a tweet. That was uh, posted off of the back of uh, your one, Nick, by Ed Karls, who said, I can't remember the last time I genuinely enjoyed a midweek fixture. Always no. seems but still scarred by the Peter bramalling all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird thing. Um, I, I, I don't know if if you'd agree, Michael, but I, I, I find Tuesday night games at the Den... Are always heavyweight. weight. There's there's something not um, enjoyable about them. They're always they always feel like a grind. There's there's you know last night's game, the other night's game rather. Um, you kind of knew as you arrived there's going to be a flat atmosphere. There was hardly if there was eight thousand in the stadium. I know the official um, attendance was ten thousand something, but it, it really did feel lower inside the ground. Wigan, you know, fair play to the hundred and fifty odd that came down from Wigan because that's no easy task in a, on, a, on a on a work night. Um, but there's just no real excitement and pulse about the place. And I think the players know that they, as they ran out, you know, the let them come playing and the place looks empty. You know, it must be quite disheartening as a professional to come out to a near empty stadium, but it's, it's just a tough, tough break on the Tuesday night. For some time we've, we've just not had enjoyable nights. I was looking at the results, you know, like going back into the last couple of years and we've, we won a couple of Tuesday night games in 2018, but since then, it's been draws and losses. Um, it just never feels great on, on, on a Tuesday. Go go, figure. Mm-hmm. I, I can't give a reason to it.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I mean there's a few people around me and a few people outside the ground who I overheard say that they were going, to, if if they sort of didn't see a tweet or if they didn't see anything, they, they didn't even know the game was on because there, no. there's just no with all due respect to Wigan Athletic, there's sort of no buzz for it, is there, really? Um, I, I know, obviously, for certain reasons, the things to do with like policing and, and whatnot, that you can't have certain games on the midweek. But it, it, it is strange how that fixture computer really brings up some crap games, doesn't it, for Tuesday night. And, and well, to be up- fair to you, about the Wigan supporters, um, I, I know, let's be honest, it weren't a demolishing or one of those ones where you sort of have to apologise to your way fans. But when I looked over and I saw literally there was nearly more stewards than there was fans, <laughs> I did think... I, w- I wonder if the like, old Dave Whelan Mister, uh, Have you heard my story? Or I broke my leg before a <laughs> <guy's> final. <I, laughs> might actually I think... Um, might actually sort of say to those fans, here you go at Christmas, here's a Christmas card or here's a, a, some money off something. Because, as you say, Nick, they're, they're near the bottom of the table. What was it? Before they played us, they had four losses in five. They've only scored, what, 14 goals all season. It's a poor... Level of football to be watching if you're a Wigan fan, with all due respect to them, and and they braved it. They come all the way down to London on a weekday, so fair play to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're up against, and you know, people often snort when you say these things, but Champions League football, or you know, the, the number of games that people can sit in their front room and watch for, you know, I know you're paying for it, but it's you know, it's there on the television in your own your own living room. Um, it, it's it's a it's a tough night to compete, I think, and you know, the the quality of opposition. Although well, I thought they looked like a decent side. I mean we, we we're talking like Wigan were, you know, drab and dreary opponents. I thought they looked quite sharp and on occasion they broke with real pace and looked very, very dangerous. I was well, watching the, the hope, hot... you know that. Well yeah. I mean he was taking some flack in the in the mm. um you know, I think prior to um, this game, I think he was talking about the fans wanting respect from the fans because they're digging him out to whatever level. Um, I mean, they're clearly having a tough season. I think their away form was was what's really letting them down this season. No, no wins now, three draws and and, and seven losses away from their bottom of the away table, if, if if you can put it that way. But I didn't think they were that bad. I thought it actually looked a real dangerous. Fast breaking, attacking side, and the two goals they scored both really well taken chances. So you know, it's it's just because it's got the name Wigan Athletic, people think that's not going to be exciting. Don't turn out for it, but they, they look sharp, in my opinion. We were we were fortunate to get the point, in all honesty. Um, I can't say we deserved the win. And Rowett said after in, in his um. You know, this post-match interview that we didn't deserve the point. I make him right, we we, we uh, didn't deserve three points. And I make him right, we didn't deserve to, to win it because we didn't do enough. And they, they, they did more than enough. number of chances. I was watched the highlights earlier on before we, we started recording. And a lot of chances for Wigan. They they would be disappointed not to have taken all three points away from
0: Milwaukee. They are going to be another one of them sides that is continually going to sort of like pepper you know, random shots at goals and and sort of struggle with the the on target numbers. Although to be fair, they did hit seven on target, which was more than Millwall's five. Um, but you know, in terms of possession and whatnot, they are going to be a side. I think Gary Rowett in his post match said that you know they're going to be a good second ball team, and we knew that. and 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 it's going to be sort of one of them dogged Tuesday night affairs. You know, one of them typical ones when someone picks up a message. Forget the ch- cold, wet Tuesday and
1: Stoke. Can you do it on an empty wet Tuesday at the Den? You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't followed Wigan's season to with any any great depth, but just looking at the the uh, league table, first now after that that draw. Um, so just above the the, uh, the bottom three. I didn't think they looked like relegation candidates. Um, you know, on a, on a different night, they bar, made a couple of decent saves. And was it Hutchinson, Michael, who, who pulled off that kind of under uh, yeah,
2: yeah. under no, crossbar mm.
1: at late? And that should have been a goal. Mm. You know, another night would have been a goal. And they'd have been going back up the M1 with um, with three points under their belt. Um, I just think we where the balance lies between us looking tired and slightly burnt out from maximum effort on Saturday, because it was 100% down there at Swansea, um, to come back again on a on a Tuesday night, wet night, damp night, you know the Apprentice on the television, and you know every, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just. It's you, out you, Tuesdays? Now is it? I don't know. <laughs> I might have made that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but but well, my wife does follow the Apprentice as well as Strictly Come Dancing. I should, I should know these things, but um, yeah, it's. It, I I just think it was it was a, a case of Millwall not really ever getting started. We were caught very cold early on. Good. Good strike from the Wigan forward to get that early goal, and that just seemed to knock us back on our heels a little bit. We it took us a while to actually get into our stride, and we never seemed to really, you know, hit hit um hit top gear. Unfortunately, through the whole game. I mean, it's, hmm. Look at their
0: squad, Nick, and they've, they've got sort of one of them patched up League One in, into Championship squads. You know, so, some of the names that are there. Um, you know, Anthony Pilkington's the one who actually struck early. He, Seven, he, yeah, yeah, decent, Yeah, he's someone who who is actually, you know, he's an experienced campaigner. But I'll tell you what, one live wire from their side is is Anthony Robinson, the fullback, who they signed from Everton. You know what? Really, 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 really good player. If he could play on that left side for Mill, oh, what what a player he is, you know. Um and and, and he looked good with that strike. But again, one of those sides you expect Wigan to be down the bottom three. I mean, I wonder how long Middlesbrough are going to give uh, Woodgate, but you know Luton's, the Wiggins, you expect sort of, you know, sort of tucking down there. Huddersfield are pulling away, and Mill sitting in uh, in eleventh, um, four points off Bristol City and Nottingham Forest.
1: Yeah, I mean we're looking up the table. Um, we've also, I think there's, that, that that's the biggest change of, of vibe around the den. Really, now that Rowett's in place, he does seem to know what he's doing tactically. He does seem to. You know, he switched players from Saturday for probably for good reasons, so, and you know, would have been burned out from from that effort and then his recovery time, injuries, and the and the rest of it. But I think we can, without tempting fate and you know the football gods, say that we are mid-table, looking upwards. I think that's probably a fair. Whether how mm-hmm. far upwards we'll will we'll reach is another question. But I think we're looking up rather than looking over our shoulders now. But just looking at the table, I mean, you're right there, Aaron. I mean, you know, Middlesbrough and Stoke, I mean, they're both teams that you wouldn't expect to seriously feature in the bottom three by the end of the season. They'll be, you know, um, they'll be desperate if they're in the bottom three by the, uh, you know, the time that March and February ends and March starts because they're big clubs and they won't want really to be find themselves in League One. So, you know, you'd expect them to start pulling in the, the, the likes of uh, Luton and, and, and the ones sitting above them now. Um, but I didn't think Wigan looked a bad side, and that's you know yet they came into the team, into the game with with one of the poorest form records mm. away from home. But you wouldn't have told that from from the way they played.
2: I think the uh, thing think, is as well I, is that with with that Wigan game, um, a couple of things I took from it. I'm not sure about you, Nick, but and Aaron, you'll probably remember this and probably even quoted better than I did, or I will. But. I remember when John Terry said about Petr Cech joining Arsenal, he said, you know, there's goalkeepers who can get you 10, 15 points a season and Cech can do that. Bart mm. showed, like you said about his saves, Bart showed on Wednesday that he's one of those keepers that, you know, where, where Jordan Archer was costing us, costing us 15 to 20 points a season, arguably. Um, Bart's definitely saving it for us because, you know, he, he done it against Cholton as well, I believe, where he, he saved a couple off the goal line. Um, but also, I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm I'm now starting. I know everyone loves him and all that, but I'm starting to question now if we had a fully fit right back in competition for Romeo, would he get rested? Because as he he I thought he was poor on poor on Tuesday.
1: Well, he was caught out for the goal. One thing Wigan did well a few times: moved the ball fast, and they I think it was a ball from the right side over to the left side for the for the second goal, um, which uh, I mean romeo found himself one man against two opponents so you know um that would that would stretch any anyone in my opinion but um certainly um it was down his side that the the move came and it was a nicely slotted goal and i suppose you you've know, been praising bart but that was quite a tight angle he got beat from there from on on the left side for 2-1 and i must admit when when that went in i thought, i can't see us coming back into this. But, uh, you know, it, mm. one, one thing I will say about the side is it's got real spirit and to get back into a game where, you know, in all honesty, we were we, we didn't deserve much out of it to get a point away from that that night. Um, especially as the game wore towards the last 10 minutes, that's when they, they got that chance underneath the crossbar and, and, and Sean Hutchinson headed away. I thought they were look, they looked like the team more likely to score and they're looking increasingly dangerous. The other player I just want to mention, Aaron, is uh, I don't know his first name, number nine, Low. I thought he he looked quite quite yeah, useful good player. For with him. Um,
2: good
1: player. And they, they, they had movement, they had pace and they... It didn't look like a team that were, you know, rock bomb of the of the away form table. So um, I thought we did well to to get out of there alive, really, in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marlon. It, one of the things I think that goes for all positions, and even I mean, I like Murray Wallace, but the fact that we're using Murray as as a as a left back and he's doing his absolute best, I, I think he's a very honest player. But he's a centre back converted to a left back, and it's not his natural position. And you can't help but question the small squad. We'll never have a, a, a massive squad because we don't have the resources to achieve it. But the small squad—it it slightly shows the, um, you know, the threadbare nature of it at times when when players go a little bit out of form. Marlon's probably—I don't think he's out of form. So I still like him going forwards, but defensively at times he can be questionable. And, mm-hmm. and to have have someone else come in. It would be nice just to give them a rest as much as anything.
0: Nick and uh, Matt Joy tweeted in saying two games in a short period of time, plus our squad depth is pretty drab. They all look fucked after 50 minutes. And you yeah, can't it it's, yeah. it's you know, you know, people talk about this is such a weird thing. People talk about pitches as well. The Liberty Stadium has a big pitch, mate. It's a leggy, Welsh yep. pitch, you know. The den as well, it's a big pitch. There's a lot of running to be done. There is a high chance that sort of Saturday, Tuesday. It's not giving people enough time to, to to sort of recover. But saying that, we're about to approach, you know, sort of the busiest period of the football in Canada, by Easter. You know, Christmas is sort of where 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 people are sort of uh, or may, may, made or broken. Um, and and so I just wonder how sort of well can rotate a bit if he can if he can change things up. If he can get, as you said, you know, Murray Wallace playing play, play left back, can he get other players? to sort of play auxiliary positions, if you like, and, and just change things about a bit.
1: Well, I suppose injuries don't help us. I mean, I would have no. thought that uh, Ferguson, Shane Ferguson coming into the team would have been the natural choice, um, but he's injured, I think. And obviously, Jason Malumbi was out on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, the, 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 these are the problems. You, you will get injuries, won't you? I mean, over the course of the season, you're going to get knocks and players get booked, and, and you're going to get moments and situations where... Your your squad will be fully stretched. I said, I'm guessing that at some point, some of the youngsters might have. You know, we might see one or two. Mm-hmm. I think Billy Mitchell was on the bench. Was it Saturday, Michael? I think was he on, I don't yeah. was on the bench last night. Um, so you you know you, you're right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking the likes of Murray was I actually said on on Tuesday, I, I really like him. He's got like a, a Robbie Ryan quality, and he's he's just totally honest. He's not the best left-back. Uh, he's probably not the best player you'll ever see, but he'll give you everything he's got to give, and he doesn't bottle it. And I, I just really like that in a player. But obviously, quality, there's no substitute for it at a certain point. And I just think at times, we we we, we just meet our match a little bit in, in this division. But, um, I mean, Wigan, Wigan did pull us apart for the, for their second goal. And well, I, I just wonder problem.
0: if, I mean, we might see someone like Matt Namara come back on. on he's on loan at um, Newport. Um, you know he's, he's played a bit. Obviously, if Marlon's sort of struggling, I wonder if they might look to bring change that up and and bring him back and maybe sort of keep him in the fringes of the first team. Or you know where the, the biggest question we got is is Rowett going to be given sort of uh, the war chest um, yeah. to, to to go and do a bit of damage in general?
2: Yeah, that, that's what that's exactly what I was going to say. Funny enough, because we said at the time of Rowett's appointment. Um, with all due respect to Millwall, I think if he would have had the resources that Neil Harris had or Kenny Jackets, would we be able to attract a manager the type of Gary Railway? I mean, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. He might think, sod it. I'll see what I can do on a shoestring. I fancy a challenge. But um, you don't know if, like you were saying, Aaron, if Berylson if and, uh, and Cav have obviously sort of said, well, you come in, we'll give you X amount of pound, like we said, and, you know, that squad will get bigger. I mean, you said saying it about Murray Wallace, Nick. I, I think he's got a bit of a uh, sort of slight resemblance to Andy Frampton when he first came to Millwall in the sense that he'll, he'll give it his all. Um, but like you said, he's a he's centre back out of position. Achtung, Achtung. Who, who, if, if we had the money, who, who would be available for Millwall at the moment? Who, who's in the Championship League one? It depends what. I mean, the.
1: the the war chest is the, is, is the $64,000 question, so to speak. There was, there was a I great, whether so um, it? it's that much, um, there was a great thread on by price of football. There like a, a Twitter feed that, uh, I think it's a podcast yeah. as well, actually that examine the finances of football. Really interesting. If that's your, that's your thing, but they did a, a, a sequence on the mill 2019 accounts, which were published last week. And I think our losses, um, were you know were, were the kind of man- seen as manageable losses in the context of the championship where every perhaps every club seems to lose quite large sums of money as, as, a, as a norm um so i think they took the view that we are quite well managed within the the, the straight lines of the of the middle budget um some some income not not being you know the match day income not being all that 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 exciting but compared with some of the other bigger hitters we will we do we'll have a problem which makes me think, going back to what you said uh, earlier on, Aaron, about the the Newport player. You know, we're going to have to look downwards, I think, to find the hopefully Gary Rowe with his knowledge of of, of the lower leagues, Championship and leagues one and two, or possibly even the National League. We can find players that won't excite the fans at the moment, but we'll be able to do a job. Um, I mean,
0: got... he's only on loan at, at Newport, so you know, it could be it could be something something. Where you know they, they might bring him back. You know, obviously, he's, but I think he's played uh, a, a, a good few games in Newport. I've watched him a couple of times this season. He, he looks all right. Another player is Jason McCarthy. Obviously, he's, he's got an injury at the moment. Um, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. With, with, I think it's a toe injury, isn't it? You know, he did play at right back for 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 Wickham. He's played along the back four for Wickham, and it could be an option where you know he could sort of look to solidify his pace. Uh, his play, sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've not seen anything of him, so you know he, he's in the squad and it was a signing. And um, as you say, you know, if he's not in action at the moment, then you're hoping that that will be the kind of player that will come in and and freshen things up. It's I, I, I can see the need to bring players in in January if we're gonna if we are seriously going to look at any more than a mid-table finish. And you you have to think. That's the ambition of the club to, to, you know, like we said earlier on in the show, to look upwards rather than, um, you know, over our shoulders constantly. Then I, I, I have to think that there's going to be players coming in. Don't you think, Michael? I think we have to strengthen this this squad. And I, and I think the left back position will be the most obvious starting point without any disrespect to poor old Murray. And hopefully McCarthy will give Romeo that, that um, competition for the right back position.
2: Yeah, as we've um, as we've said before over the years, it tends to be the sort of backline that Mill's known for being the ones that sort of get you out of trouble. But I think as you and as you've said in previous weeks, Aaron, I think that we've got some good quality centre forwards now, which we've which we've not had you know in a long time. You know that amount of forwards in their prime, or you know they're scoring that regular. The midfield at the moment, you know, you've got two players in each position, and a lot of players coming in on a lot of players who've come in on loan who are um, you know. Chomping at the bit to play as well. I think, as you say, we just we just sort out that left back position, and um, that puts us back to four centre halves, and then arguably Murray Wallace, he can go there if he needs to again. Uh, I think there's still question marks over Hutch at times because you know uh, Tuesday was another one where there was a few sort of str- I know he scored the goal, but there was a few stray passes and mm, it you know, looks
1: he looks panicky. Still not,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's still not having that consistency that he had a couple of years ago. And again, again the right-back position, I, I think it is literally just that back line. Um, it's nice, as you say, Nick, to be sort of in a position where you'd rather be looking up than down, which we've not had for a couple of years. But it's, um, yeah, I, I don't think it will take a lot to, to sort of fix it, you know, cons- considering we have a small squad and, you know, if we get a couple of players injured, you know, it would affect us. But if everyone's fit and everyone's raring to go, you know, we've got internationals in that side and I think we've got the makings of a good little team.
1: No, I think, we're, I think we're close to being a decent team. Um, mm. To go how far, well, that's, that's what we don't know. But um, I think we are close to being a decent It was interesting at Swansea, he played a three-man, three central defenders, and uh, bringing back Alex Pierce, who was on the bench on on Tuesday night. Um, and I thought they would look quite solid. Um, I think both Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchinson relish uh, the experience of... of Alongside them, I think they they looked a lot stronger at Swansea than they did against Wigan the other night. I think that possibly, and I might be speculating out of the term, but I just wonder whether they feel a little bit uh, exposed at times when when decent teams like Wigan and uh, they were a decent side run at them and move the ball fast. And Pierce seemed to bring a calming influence at Swansea. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that three man for defensive formation again, especially away from home. It, it just gave a real solidity. And uh, you know, at no point really during the game of uh, at Swansea was I as worried as I was on Tuesday when we were playing Wigan at home. Um, I, I was fearing for for them to go on and win it on Tuesday, whereas once we got in front on, at Swansea, I, I, I felt quite secure, which is which is an interesting thing to to say because I can't think we've, we've been able to say that for a long time either. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see Pierce more often going forwards, and he's he's also club captain, so you'd think he would have to start more often if, um, you know, if I could justify the role, if nothing yeah. else.
2: <laughs> he, he, also, he also made team of the week as well. How harsh is that. You, you get back in the side, club captain, team of the week for the whole football league, and then you get bloody drops again.
1: Management. You know? It's You've got. I mean, that, that's another thing I think I, mean, I like about Rowe. There's a lot I've liked about Rowe it's since he's arrived. His, his post-match interviews seem far more structured and coherent. And, you know, um, he seems to know what he's talking about. And the fact is that he's he's ruthless. You know, the great managers drop players when they need to be dropped. And they bring them back. They're, they're they're used as chess pieces in their personal game. And you know, in, emotion and sentiment don't play a part in in the in in team choices. And that's what I'm seeing from Gary Rowe in a way that I don't think I know. I know that we um, we have to. Be careful about, um, you know, Neil Harrison criticising. He did a lot of good for the club. But I think there were flaws in his in his management style sometimes, in his his selections during the game and or pre-game. They... And, possibly. Possibly. I mean, you, you well, do I, um... get you get a sense of more experience, don't you, Michael, from, from Gary Brown Well, uh, yeah.
2: I, I mean, I was, I've said this before. I think I said it to you yesterday as well, Nick. Um, if you notice as well with Rowett, especially his reactions off the pitch, you know Neil Harris and everyone loves the manager who has the passion because that's the thing that Capello got knocked for and everything like that when he was England manager. But there's time that you there needs to be times when you do it. I mean, there was times with Neil Harris when there'd be like a blatant, I don't know, like opposition throwing. And he'd start throwing his arms around and screaming and shouting at us, not throwing. You sort of think, well, come on, Neil, calm down. You know, like, and and Mm -hmm. there'd be the 50-50s where he'd get involved and it'd be a bit like, you know, it's one thing being passionate, Neil, but that's a 50-50 challenge. But you watch Gary Rowett now, and that's what I'll say to the um, listeners who are listening tonight. I'm not saying watch the whole game, pay 30 quid to watch that. But just at times, when there's like a sort of dubious decision, watch him. he's, he's He's like the sort of calm swan. You know, we've got all this passion around him and all this emotion, but he doesn't get sucked into it. He keeps his head. He calms it down. He did it um, when we played Chelten, I believe. That, you know, Bradshaw was having a good game. He pulled Bradshaw over and he was like, Tom, I need you to do this. I need you to do that run. I need you to do this. You never really saw Neil Harris pulling players over and telling them what they needed to do. And I think that's the difference. It's just like that composure. And, and like you were saying as well, Aaron, it's I don't think he has that naivety that, unfortunately, Neil Harris. Had at
0: times, habits will have it in five years, right? So, so what we've got to look at the facts is that you know, you you look at the jobs that Gary Routes had in some of the situations he's been put in. I think you know, obviously, Burton Albion he was he was he smashed it at Burton Albion, absolutely, mm. yeah. Albion. but you know, I think the main one I'm going to look at is is obviously, um, uh, uh, uh Birmingham City, where he, he took a club who were sort of swimming in debt, absolutely submerged in debt. And he managed to, you know, make something good of him. And, and obviously he lost his job off, you know, off another incident, whatever it was. But, you know, maybe this Millwall job, I, I think I said it on, on the radio, this could be a mutually beneficial relationship for both, you know, club and manager. You know, in the sense of Gary Rabbit could take Millwall somewhere good, using his experience, and he could build himself a name again. of course, one day he's going to disappear, you know, into the ether, and he's going to go to another club. But, you know... I, I really think he would do well here, you
1: know. I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, obviously the thing with Neil Harris was he's got the playing record. He's, he's this club legend. He's got the scoring, um, you know, highest goal scorer for the club. We, we have the, the Neil Harris story as a player. He's, he's come in as a manager in, in fairly dire circumstances because the departure of Ian Holloway was was a horrendous uh, period in club history. He's come in, he's steadied the ship by applying what you might call Neil Harris and Millwall principles and blood and thunder. And, you know, that's that's got us out of League One via the playoffs. And then we had probably um, a totally unexpected near-miss run at the playoffs in, in the first season back in, in the championship. And that was all built on emotion, adrenaline, the kind of the, the Millwall mania that we all know when you go then you almost touch the atmosphere the, the electricity is in the air it's, it's, a, it's a highly specific um condition that, that uh, you know crops up in south bermondsey um i think the problem came last season when we needed more shall we call it neutral considered thinking football thinking which is what we see a lot with gary rowick because he isn't so emotionally invested in the club it's, you know, not, it's not an insult, but it's a job for him. And he wants to do well in this job and he wants to succeed because that'll be beneficial to him and his, you know, his career and his family and the rest of it. But he's not in, he's not invested in the same way as Neil Harris with this kind of, it's almost like a marriage, you know, he's he almost invested in a relationship, whereas Rao, it can come in and be more neutral about things. I, Straight- I, I, I've, been, I've been impressed with him.
2: Achtung, mail-
1: Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: Yes. <laughs> there's a star man playing in the white in brackets light grey his name was Bartosz Bielkowski and he's fucking dynamite um, <laughs> yeah. there you go. we need work
1: on those lyrics we need work on those
2: lyrics far too vulgar for the den
0: the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Acton Christmas album coming in your ears soon
1: <laughs> it's
0: christmas time <laughs> that's, what, that's what
2: they're gonna list
0: that's
1: what they're gonna listen
0: to at the silent disco next year yeah. <laughs> the silent disco just going off the bart thing again you know i did mention on the pod a few weeks ago that i met him and what a cool guy he is
1: what a cool guy he, he seems is. so i've not met him he seems so
0: people love him they mm. absolutely love him and you know i think was it john kelly who wrote something this week about bart and you know, just the, the sort of the positive message that this keeper's getting out around the fence. It's really good. I really like it. I'm really happy. Obviously, keepers is a, is, is a funny thing. I'll be honest with you. As soon as Millwall signed Frank Fielding, I, I was positively shitting or negatively shitting myself. <laughs> I was shitting myself, yeah? Because I, I think, having spoken to someone at Bristol City last season, Someone in the scouting team, they said they were actively looking for a new keeper. So, obviously, you know, they didn't quite think that Fielding was up to it and they were playing My Emperor and stuff like that. It was a bit weird. But, you know, the hmm. fact that signed Bar, he looks he looks the part. He really looks the part. He, he's absolutely brilliant. And he's, he's such an unsung hero. It's unreal. But I'm glad he's getting a bit of recognition.
1: He looks like he's enjoying himself there as well. I mean, I, there, there are certain players that really... Take to Millwall certain players that don't succeed, and these can be often really good players that don't succeed at the Den, and sometimes quite mediocre players can succeed at the Den. It's, it's a it's a very individual place. So I, I think that it's not everyone that makes it there. Um, Bart seems to enjoy himself there. I think he likes the, the 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 roar of the lions, and I think he's enjoying his time, and that's invaluable. I, I agree. I think he's he, he seems like a really really nice bloke, and you know what more can we ask? He makes great saves as well, so all to the good.
0: Um, I have got to rush off very, very, short, on, but but very very quickly, Michael. I'm going to save myself for it. Uh, just a one-word answer: are, are there any Black Friday bargains in the Millwall Club shop this this week?
2: <laughs> well, if the prices I've found, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're staring at the uh, anchor, handkerchiefs, eh, hey, my dear. We just hung them up ready for the wash, that's all. Is this a laundry, then, sir? Yeah, that's quite a laundry. Uh, Exactly, my boy. I suppose a laundry would be a very nice thing indeed. But um, our line of business pays a little better, don't it, boys? You see, Oliver in this life one thing counts in the bank large amounts i'm afraid these don't grow on trees so are you uh are you struggling to tell the time wait oui. oui. <laughs> uh, are you are you looking for that je ne sais quoi item that will not look out of place on your victorian fireplace and are Zutano, you in the hunt For a clock that is a very inappropriately placed number six, (laughs) we? Well, well, if the answer for this is yes, then do get yourself down to the Millwall Club shop because for the bargain price of twenty quid,
1: twenty quid,
2: you can be the proud owner of a unique and handmade wooden Millwall clock. Wow! Please note, we on the Millwall Fan Show. We'll not take any responsibility for mentally scarring those by the aforementioned six digits. Also, although supposedly handmade, all clocks look identical.
1: Uh, shall so, I describe uh, that, shall I describe the item for the listeners? It's uh, it and is.
2: And the six, and the six. On. Yeah,
1: it, well, it is built as a handmade wooden clock. You wouldn't—I don't look at this item, which is zampa. Basically, it's, it must be carved out of wood by a machine. I, I don't think that's handmade. I—I—I I, 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 maybe someone's pressed the button to set a, 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 a kind of machine laid up to to do this. But um, it's a kind of a, a zampa, the lion it, with a kind of a lurid smile on its face. And a clock on it but it's on an angle it's just that what, the, the 12 is at, at five past on the, on a normal clock if you like and the six dangles over um uh zampa's um lion genitalia i think that's probably the best <laughs> way i can put it <laughs> ah, zampa's
0: hampton,
1: <laughs> zampa's hampton it, it's, it's 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 lion organ is where the six lies it's um it's, lovely. it's <laughs> it's, a, it's an unattractive item dear listeners I, I i'm not sure you should be i think if you wait till january you get that for much much cheaper because 20 quid seems like a lot of money for that that's for sure um mm-hmm. but anyway there we are shall we move along to the um the program holder is there a program holder here? um seven. yes
2: yes so, uh, so this oh, is yeah. one, for, one for you aaron um, yep. So, Aaron, do you look at your large, impressive six inches and think, I need something equally as impressive to wrap this bulge in? I'm oh, oh, mate all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> do you glance at your magazines and think, I have to buy something that will stop these pages getting all sticky?
1: Oh, mate, what need you write. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know what get you Who write, writes this stuff? Who
1: writes this stuff? <laughs>
2: And do you eagerly peer at the top shelf and wonder, I wonder what that will look like, all covered all, in leather? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Well, if the answer to these is obviously yes, then get down to Zampa Road where you can get yourself a meal program holder for the amazing price of eight ninety nine. So, is it real leather? The, it's, it's, probably not. Um, <laughs> One of the days when your match day guides will have doggies, and you won't have to keep hiding them under the bed when you're playing football. <laughs> oh, I'm actually looking for a suitable program
0: holding solution at the moment.
1: Well, these are these are, these are get, like
0: folders.
1: are just like folders, aren't they? Like what I call those ring binders, they're something like that. It's, a, it, it, it's made to look like in a faux leather, like it's a leather-bound volume. So if it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's plasticized really. It's destroying, oh, destroying the oceans. 8, what would a Thunderbird say about that? <laughs> don't like it at all.
2: And last one. Last one for everyone. So this is the Millwall playoff photo winner's key ring. Wow. So do you sit at home and long for the days when we scrap, or scrap into the playoffs <laughs> on the last day of the season?
1: <laughs> we, we scrapped into the semi-finals against Wigan. Oh,
2: indeed, yeah. yeah. Do you wish you had the ability to always have a picture in your pocket Ooh. of club legends such as Callum Butcher, Callum Tom Butcher. King, and David Worrell?
1: Absolutely. David Worrell, forgot him. Yeah.
2: Are you living in the past and long for the days when we ruined it for Steve Morrison? Absolutely. Yes, well, if the answer to is, is absolutely, which is what you just said, if oh, I did. You'd, you'd think you've seen this before, <laughs> then the next purchase at the club shop is the Millwall Playoff Photo Winners Key Ring. Wow. For the fabulous price of just £5. For an wow. old ring, you can get back in that TARDIS and relive the days of Fred Onidin and not knowing where he'll sign, the Johnston Panks trophy, and David Ford being the backup to Jordan Archer. Fantastic. Fantastic.
1: fantastic, fantastic, fantastic uh, work brilliant. as always.
2: Achtung, Milba.
1: Oh, I just want to mention that Aaron's Aaron's had to go listeners because uh he's got a radio career. There was a worst one thing I did want to say. There's um, a great idea on on Twitter to name your your team of the decade. I think John Kelly named uh, his team of the decade. And then, of course, immediately someone else's, I think it was uh, Ryan Loftus, said, uh, What about your worst ever team? And he had um, uh, Rob Hulse up front, Stefan Meyerhofer, and and Gary Taylor Fletcher as a front line. And I just think that's, you know, the, the worst team is almost more interesting than the best team. For the decade i'm yeah. just trying to find just trying to find john's best team of the decade it's it's got away from me here i uh, think i
2: think john kelly's had a few too many press conference uh, press lounge teas with that team he's, he's chosen it's horrendous isn't it
1: there it is <laughs> um so this is john we'll finish it off with john T- kelly's team mill team of the decade um this will be the pre decline jordan archer the the archer that we knew and loved um he's got mark backline marlon romeo sean Hutchinson. uh Paul Robinson, Tony Craig, controversial in his team of the decade. Mm. Uh, Jed Wallace, Jimmy Abdul, Sean Williams, Ben Thompson, and then up front, Steve Morrison and Harry Kane. That would be some lineup. Um, what about you, dear listeners? What would you be in your your top team? Would 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 you agree with with that? I I can see one or two controversial calls there. Tony Craig in your team of decade, but then I did like Tony Craig. He was he was limited, but he was he gave everything, Michael, didn't he? You know, it was, it was a Millwall, yeah. Millwall legend. And Jimmy, you know, limited, but yeah. um, gave everything. Harry Kane up front, yeah, I, 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 he was only with us for a, a few months when he on, on loan. But, um, yeah, and then, then Ryan's um, replied with the worst team of the decade. He's got Hulse Mayoff and Gary Taylor Fletcher. I I, I put in the, the 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 Jordan Archer on the decline period for that because he, he went from being mm-hmm. wonder, wonder kid to um, shambolic, didn't he? yeah Green.
2: no he did yeah poor poor
1: old George where, where is he now West Ham with link with A- West nine. Ham Linked with West Ham well I think yeah. that's the show um Birmingham away on Saturday shall we do our score predictions Mike what do you fancy uh Birmingham City versus Millwall on Saturday would you would you
2: see happening now Birmingham City one Millwall
1: one one all draw oh, that's an interesting choice I'm going to go controversial I'm going to go Birmingham City nil, Millwall one. I fancy us to do another job like we did at Swansea last week. So, mm. fingers crossed. Good good luck to everybody travelling up there on Saturday. Are you going, Michael? Or are you are you missing that one?
2: Um, I will not be. I've used my wayday uh allowance to buy a ticket to Derby for some stupid reason. Oh, you're going to
1: Derby. I can't make Derby. I might make Birmingham. Um, don't know yet. We're going to see how land lies on Saturday. But um, if not. Good luck to the travelling support. There'll be quite a few up there for this one. It's not that far to go. <laughs> so that's, that's the Millwall news this week, dear listeners. It only remains for me to invite Mr. Bye for Now Avery to finish us off for this week's fan show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Aaron for coming on. He um, had to go to uh, take over a radio show. But we're going to check out now with Michael Avery doing his Bye for Now.
2: Bye for Now.